ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And unfortunately, Delicious Joylon Davis was not able to join us for this. Uh, he had a family situation that came up last second he had to take care of. Uh, but he actually did ask that we keep him and his family in our thoughts and prayers. You know, so he said he doesn't know exactly what's going on. He'll let me know later, but it sounds like it is pretty serious. Um, but another reason I hate that Joylon's not here is because finally, after quite a while, actually, of us kind of becoming friends through Podcast Network, um, I have Jamie Boggs and John Bailey from True Crime Cast slash Bless Their Hearts. Uh, you've heard me mention their podcast and them on just about every single episode we have because I listen to their podcast uh, every week. And, you know, and I found them through Chris Jericho. Kind of, it seems like a lot of people have actually found you. That's how they, that, you know, listen, heard you on Jericho and then stayed for everything else. Well, yeah, I, I didn't realize that you found us through that. It feels like it's been a long time since we've been talking over the internet. So. Yeah, no, we appreciate that. And that, that goes to tell me that uh, being able to connect with Chris has helped. Like yeah. I hoped it would. <laughs> it worked. And, of course, they'll find out, uh, first, that Jamie has, apparently has been a huge wrestling fan for a while. And John has just gotten back into it and has already become famous because you're the... <laughs> You're the hands up guy. Yeah, the poster child I, for you joy. Know, that was incredible. I, I hope we get to talk about that a little bit. Oh, we will. <laughs> oh, we definitely will. Um, but if you don't mind, go ahead. And one of the things, one of my um, other podcast friends, a guy named Ted the Hillbilly Hill, and he's part of the Hill Truth podcast. Uh, he actually pointed out. He said a lot of people don't actually finish podcasts. And so if there's any guests and if they want to give like their contact and listing info, like social media, any kind of merchandise, if they do it at the end, people don't hear it. So he started something doing at the beginning. And so I picked up on that. Uh, so go ahead and tell us about your, your podcast. Cause I just gave the titles, um, about how yeah, they would get a hold of you, social media, merchandise, including the shirt that I'm wearing. Awesome. Yeah. Love nice it. Shirt. Yeah. Um, that's a good idea. We should start doing that too. So true crime cast is our, our primary show. And that's a, each episode's a different true crime case. We've been doing it for about five years. So there's somewhere around 400 episodes out there lingering around your favorite apps. You can follow us on Twitter at true crime cast or over on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook. So we're a little bit of everywhere and we have links to our merchandise on all of those pages. Uh, we actually uh, sell our merchandise through a company called T public, but you can get all that on there. We drop a new episode each and every Tuesday. We started, uh, I guess about a year or two ago doing a Friday show on that channel called true crime to go a true crime story in 10 minutes or less. So, uh, yeah, we do that. We do bless their hearts where we talk about anything from our favorite TV shows, favorite TV characters to, uh, redneck stories from our childhoods and that's it's one of my favorite shows it's a good outlet if you really aren't into true crime uh, you can check out bless their hearts there you go Love yeah, the merchandise and yeah we're at uh bless heart pod is that right <laughs> yeah bless <laughs> on, their hearts pod yeah, yeah on twitter facebook yeah i think that's it for that one yeah and that one we honestly just started because we were starting to depress ourselves talking about crime all the time we're like not a <laughs> do something fun a long time ago we would record a week at a time like on a sunday night and we would talk about murder for an hour and then we were like let's talk about something else and just record it 
So we, that's the inception of bless their hearts. And some of our true crime cast listeners came up with the bless their hearts name. We had kind of a naming contest. So that was fun oh, too. Okay. I didn't even know that. Um, and what I did notice though, and, I, and it was actually when I bought this shirt was the color scheme. And I'm guessing it's blue for Kentucky, orange for Tennessee. Yep. We put those little Adirondack chairs in there to represent each of us. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I originally designed that on uh, Microsoft PowerPoint, but then we got a real designer come in and made it. it I, th- I love it. I think it looks great now. But yeah, the I grew up in Kentucky. John grew up in Tennessee. So spent a lot of time talking about those two things, especially when it comes to sports. And since I grew up mostly in North Carolina before moving to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, right before I turned 15, I'm more, I am definitely a, a Tar Heel fan. Um, but living in Kentucky, you can't help but be exposed to a lot of basketball. Um, and if you're not a Kentucky fan, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of horrible sometimes. <laughs> I bet. As a um, Kentucky fan, like I can't stand most other Kentucky fans. It's a very obnoxious <laughs> fan base. It's I almost agree. like Tennessee football fans. <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is. Yeah. And in North Carolina, that's as long as you're not a dookie, you're good on my book. Yeah. And and now I do mess with a lot of Kentucky fans who talk about how much they hate Duke. I'm like, look, you hate Duke because of one game that happened in nineteen ninety two. You know, I hate Duke just based on principle, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because that is one of the biggest sports rivalries. And if, and because they're both usually, not this year apparently, but usually they're both in contention for the national championship. Mm-hmm. This year when they played each other a couple weeks ago, it was the first time since 1970, I think, that um, actually maybe been before that, um, that they were not, neither one were ranked in the top 25. Wow. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that, but I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, it's a it's a down year for most of the blue bloods. Yep. Yeah. You know, so, um, but now I want to go ahead and give the 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 contact and listing info for Armchair Booking Podcast. Um, if you'd like to email the show, it's Armchair Booking at um, Armchair Booking Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Armchair Booking Podcast. You can find us on Instagram also at Armchair Booking. You can find us on uh, Twitter at booking armchair because somebody squatted on armchair booking. I tried, I tried to get it, but couldn't happen. Interesting. That's yeah. an interesting one to be gone. I would think. Yeah. yeah it, it was really strange. Um, but you find us on TikTok, also at armchair booking when it comes to video, YouTube is the only place that I know of that we have video of, but um, as far as audio platforms go, you can find us just about any audio platform you can think of. If we're not there, let one of us know. You can even let Jamie and John know, and they can let me know. And we would do what we can to get ourselves added. Uh, we are actually hosted by Spreaker, which we switched to them about a year ago. And I couldn't have been happier. Um, and our merchandise, you can also find at tpublic.com slash user slash armchair dash booking dash podcast. I may or may not gotten that inspiration from <laughs> your, your merch store. It's a great service. It's uh, they, mean- they really are. We struggled for years on the best way to provide that. We were going with some local stores and shipping things ourselves, and it was just way too much. T-Public yeah. makes now it Now I don't even have to think about it. it yeah. It happens. Yeah. I mean, you can get nice things like a phone case. Yep. You can get, let's see, coffee mugs. See? Mm-hmm. Huh? Awesome. Love it. Yep. Love it. Um, you used to be able to get the tumblers. They don't sell the tumblers anymore, and I'm sad about that. Uh, you can get hoodies, and I know, uh, Jamie, you love your hoodies. I see you're wearing one right now. Yep. I usually, the the t-shirt you have on now is the hoodie that I wear all the time. So, Well, I know another hoodie you can get 
uh, it looks kind of like this. There you go. Love it. Yeah. Yep. So um, got that t-shirt. Had I known we'd be on video, I would have worn it. So oh. my <laughs> no, you're fine. I, um, if I know I'm going to have a guest on where if I have something of their merch, I usually do try to, to rep it some. I really appreciate um, it. Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, and yours is one of my favorite podcasts. So, and the bless their hearts, you know, you, you basically want to get away from talking about murder all the time, you know, and I don't blame you because that will just absolutely depress you. Um, I needed something where I didn't have to talk about wrestling all the time because I, at work I got known as, oh, the wrestling podcast guy, you know, so I started the cubicle chat, which very similar things. We've been kind of focusing more, a little bit more on pop culture lately, but we talk about some military stuff because my co-host is also sure. uh, prior military, he's prior Air Force. He and I were stationed together in England. Um, and, um, and that's just, like I said, just another way of, okay, let me think about something else for a little bit. Oh yeah. You know, um, but same thing you can, uh, find the audio for that just by any platform. There is no video, no, uh, there's a Facebook, um, and there is Twitter at cubicle underscore chat, but that one, you know, we're still, it's still being built, you know, so, and that is all. Oh, and also one thing that you didn't mention, cause you may not know, I found that recently armchair booking podcast is on IMDb. Nice. Awesome. Um, you were also on IMDb with true crime cast. Yeah, so, we did. Uh, we did that intentionally a few years ago, and then I I paid for the membership for I don't know it's weird, but no, that's that's awesome to have that credit on there and be yeah it helps your uh, search engine optimization and visibility super cool. Yeah, I had no idea we were even on there. Um, I just did a, a Google search for Armchair Booking Podcast, and and I was finding out if what our rankings were, mm-hmm. uh, and finding out what all platforms were on. All of a sudden, it popped up on IMDb, and I was like, do what? <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. So trying to go in there and somebody had to add something. that. So that had to be one of yeah. your listeners. Yeah. That's a manual thing. The, the IMDb yeah. doesn't auto populate. Um, and the episodes are coming up there every, they're about a week or two late, but they're still coming up. And I'm like, it's not me doing it, but I'm not going to complain about being on there whatsoever. Awesome. If whoever's doing that for you, hears this and wants to pick that up for us. By all means, <laughs> go right ahead. We'd appreciate it. Cause I think Nate, our, uh, manager associate producer or whatever like manually did that all at once a few years ago wow um you're talking about nate gets nate metz metz why would they can get nate um, metz um really got us into this and we were like hey we want to start a podcast and we've been together working together on that ever since yep because he has his own podcast which i've started listening to the with the Mystery. ohio valley Ohio valley yeah, yeah. yep really good oh and one of the things and i'm going to give give somebody a shout out uh that um nobody ex- except for maybe us have ever heard of but i thought it was actually pretty cool when we first came in contact probably about a year and a half ago we found out that we actually know somebody in common you know there's actually some twin sisters that are here from yeah. you know the town that where my wife grew up in Liberty, um the big bustling metropolis of mount orb ohio yeah. and you know, you said you knew Melanie and Stephanie um, Wilson. And, of course, now Stephanie, she's married to um, her husband's last name is Manis. And she actually lives down down where mm-hmm. you're at. And so I want to go ahead and give Stephanie and Daniel, because apparently Daniel's a big wrestling fan. He is. Yeah. He was at the event we were at, yep. uh, AEW in Lexington, back in, what, January? Yep. Went to college with Stephanie, her husband, Jared, and... Uh, they probably live two miles from us. Our kids go to school oh, together and, okay. 
Uh, yeah, good friends. I've been to uh, Mount Orb to uh, visit her family at some point. I think shortly after college, so I've I've been there. I'm the the Wilson Stomping Grounds. But yeah, Daniel, big wrestling fan. I always tried to get his dad into it, but never quite <laughs> could. So I'm glad that it it landed somewhere in that house. Well, I told Stephanie I was going to give them a shout out because of that, and she was very happy that we keep the, our show family friendly. And she said, "Okay, good. I can let them listen to it." Yeah, yeah. And like I said, and that is the goal of being family friendly because I've n- never heard of anybody complaining because there's no swearing on a show. Yeah, no. We we a <laughs> lot of our reviews are for that. Like, finally, a true crime show that's not vulgar and celebrating gore and stuff like that. So we're appreciative when people acknowledge that because that's intentional on our part. Um, but it, you're right; it opens the door to whole new audiences. Like, I feel like right. you can exclude people by your language and we try not to do that fun story about daniel uh when my son and i were at the aew match in january i looked down at my son's facetiming somebody and i'm like oh he's wanting to show his friend this match well turns out daniel was at the match and they were facetiming each other (laughs) to figure out where everybody was and where we were setting pretty much from across the ring yeah but then like we could see them yeah. yeah we could wave at them you know it was cool Oh, so how long have y'all been wrestling fans? Gosh, I'm going to go first because, yeah, you could talk about this forever. So I grew up a wrestling fan. I loved it when I was in middle school. I really got into it in high school, probably not as much as my buddy Jamie. But, man, back when I was in high school, and and I realize I'm a youngin', but that is when Stone Cold, The Rock, uh, I loved The Undertaker, um, some of those guys, that was like my heyday of wrestling. And then for whatever reason, when I went off to college, I kind of just put it on the back burner and only recently have I got back into it again. Yeah. So you, you want to ask John questions or you want me to go? Cause I feel uh, like I talk a lot. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll let you go ahead, Jamie, and tell us how long you've been a wrestling fan. Cause it sounds like probably longer. Yeah, I mean, I did, I grew up with it. My dad was a big wrestling fan. My brother as well. We um, we watched it every Saturday morning. That was when wrestling came on Saturday mornings. Probably my first favorite was Sting when he had his big rivalry with Ric Flair. Um, love those Ric Flair steamboat matches back in the day. Uh, we would often go to see um, uh, what what was it? Um, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Oh, okay, right there with, in Knoxville. Uh, Yep. So they would actually come to the high school in I, my town. They came to mine too. Yeah, to Kwood High School, and I remember distinctly giving the Rock and Roll Express a high five at that high school and feeling like I was on top of the world, like it was the coolest. And actually, looking back, I've heard Chris Jericho talk about some of his early matches, and like he wrote that book where he outlined every match. Mm-hmm. I think he may have been there that day, but. I didn't remember him at the time. He wasn't big then, but rock and roll expressed me was. So my whole childhood, absolutely obsessed. I was the kid that as soon as we got a computer, the first thing I did was download theme songs and walk <laughs> through the the hallways doing entrances like my favorite wrestlers in high school. I remember distinctly one day uh, on Monday Nitro, Ric Flair, quote unquote, had a heart attack. I just wow. happened to get strep that day. And I didn't go to school the next day. And all of my friends thought I missed school because of Ric Flair. And that I was <laughs> worried about him. So, uh, but similarly, when I went to college about the time that Vince McMahon bought WCW. So 
that was just kind of a weird time in wrestling and I was in yeah. transition anyway. So that's when I kind of walked away. And then my sons probably five or six years ago got into it. So that's where I've picked it back up and then gotten a little more into AEW lately, but still keep up with the WWE storylines and, and watch a, as much as I can. Wow. So Sting was your favorite wrestler. Is what it sounds like. Like blonde color face. Oh, the surfer sting. Don't love the, never really loved the crow sting. Like it was good for a while, but I say that I, he was at the AEW event we saw and I was, I was fangirling. So I guess I still love him, <laughs> but my favorite was surfer sting. I really liked that. Oh, I figured you might like him because also because, you know, his son actually played football at UK. He did. He was tied yep. in. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. So. And uh, I always tried to catch him at a game, um, but never was never was able to. I, or I'm sure he was there, but I just never ran into him. Oh, well, John, who was like your favorite wrestler or wrestlers? When I was younger, Hulk Hogan was my favorite. But as I when I really got into it as a teenager, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think that's probably know. the case for everybody in Jellicoe. I don't know what like, that says about Mr. Jellicoe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and look, Mr. Harlan too. Looking yeah. back, I, I don't think he would be adult John favorite, but he was teenage John favorite right. wrestler. Yeah, he embodied who I wanted to be as a teenager. Well, I mean, even as an adult, he's like the everyman, right? Like he's yeah. your bush light drinking, yeah, just backyard barbecuing, wearing American. camouflage shorts, riding a four wheeler to the ring. Like yeah. I don't know, he he could have easily been my uncle. I'm more Jones. like him than I am Roman Reigns, right? Like he, I can relate to Stone Cold's character. I was I loved the Undertaker, but Stone Cold was always my jam. Yeah, yeah, and I remember watching him when he was still stunning Steve Austin back yep. in WCW back in the day when he had long blonde hair. Um, and apparently, you know, when it started, when the hairline started cruising backwards, he just shaved it. He did the Jamie Boggs. I think I was I went to yeah. Thompson Bowling Arena and saw him in a match there, and also was Mean Mark Callis who was the undertaker before yep. the undertaker. And he did the heart punch where he walked yes. across the ropes and jump off. And the heart punch was his finisher. Um, and I, I remember that distinctly of seeing those two people wrestle. Wow. Yeah. Me, Mark Callis, which is kind yeah. of take on his name of Mark Calloway. Yeah. 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 I so say, I want to say Paul Heyman was with him. Maybe I'm making that up. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, he was, he, was, he was pretty was. new then. Yeah. Well, he was back then. He was, um, he was Paulie dangerously. Yep. He was Paul dangerly. Then Paulie dangerously. Yep. Then at some point he just started using his real name of yeah. Heyman. Um, and I, that, I don't know, that may have been for business reasons because when he created ECW, right. um, but I think, you know, whatever, if it really starts going bald, cause I mean, I started going bald, like when my early years in the air force. And I told my wife when I, I said, when I retire, I'm growing, growing it all out. So now I have the skullet. You know, nice. so, I mean, <laughs> so, yes. I don't think I've ever seen like the your hair like that. Yeah, it's um, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yep, I yeah. normally keep it up in a, a ponytail. But... I'm so jealous right <laughs> now. You could rock it, man. I started shaving my head when I was about 23. I started going bald when I was a teenager. Like it's just genetically running away from my face. But I shave <laughs> it. I go, I go pretty full stone cold. Um, as does my brother. My brother's full goatee. Like he's really. If you had just a goatee, you'd look like Stone my Cold. My son, when I was a kid, thought that his Stone Cold wrestler, his his action figure, was his uncle Hobie. Yeah, like he <laughs> thought that was his uncle. I never corrected him, but I think he got it now. He's fourteen. I hope so. 
Uh, I mean, well, speaking of action figures, and I'll turn the lights so you can see them a little bit better. Um, you can see, I mean, I have a few action figures up here that I'll move this. This is the ultimate where my wife got me that for Christmas. But you got your buddy, and we can actually say your buddy, yeah. Jericho. Um, then yeah. next to that, you know, is Wildcat Chris Harris, you know, who I'm actually friends with now. Right, he's, right. Yeah, he's actually local out of Cincinnati. Um, I don't know if you watched him when he was on Impact years ago, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm familiar. Okay, yeah. yeah, he, um, yeah, he actually. He's basically the head trainer at the Northern Wrestling Federation at their school awesome. called Bone Crushers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, great guy. Super nice guy. Um, and then next to that is uh, the Boogie Woogie Man, Jimmy Valiant. Yes. Uh, he he was my favorite when I first started watching wrestling back in 1984. And I know y'all were like two or three years old. But yeah, yeah he was he was my favorite. And I'm going to go to Chillicothe, Ohio here in a couple of weeks. He's going to be there. The Rock and Express is going to be there. Nikita Koloff. Um you may want to come up to Chillicothe. Danny may be there. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I need to tell Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, like, look, you don't know this, but about 35 years ago, it was the greatest day of my life. That's just amazing. They're still wrestling. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, no, they're still, they're still active. Ricky Morton's son is start is kind of up and coming. So he's wrestling a little more with him than I Robert mean, Gibson. Like I burned boxes today, which was the most physical activity, but like I'm dead. <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine getting in a ring right now. The first time John went and saw AEW, we, we talked to Chris Jericho after for a bit and like he's in his fifties mm-hmm. and he's out there doing lion salts and taking bumps and he looks great. Like, and we mentioned that to him. We're like, look, you're older than us. How does how how are you walking around? And he was like, oh, age doesn't matter. And I'm like, yeah, you can say that, but my back hurts from sitting and watching you wrestle. Yeah, yeah. I, he might credit it to DDP Yoga also. Oh yeah, he does. Huge, yeah. huge sponsor. I, I never, we need to contact DDP and see if he'll sponsor our show. I got a question about your action figures. Go ahead. Obviously, the Chris Jericho is an AEW box. It looks like mm-hmm. so that's a newer one. The others, the older ones, did you? Have they been in the package since you were a kid and you had them or have you purchased those the last few years? Okay. I bought those, uh, in the past, probably the past year or so. Um, and, but in fact, I got all three of them from the same shop. Um, in fact, the guy who owns the shop is another guy who went to high school with the Wilson sisters and my wife, you know, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, but yeah, he owns a shop. I mean, with a lot of other, Boys like Funko Pops because you can tell there's yeah. the New Day got their Funko Pops here. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can also see my belts that I have here. I the NWA, the ten pounds of gold and the big gold. Yep. Um, this one's actually see if I can get it off without knocking everything down like I did the other day. And of course something's trying to fall. This one, uh, the ten yeah, pounds of awesome. gold, I got first one with the chill out a year ago, and got it autographed by Wildfire Tommy Rich. So cool, man. Yep. Uh, that one that one met him ricky steamboat and that was um just a few days after we had buff bagwell on the show oh yeah yeah i remember also got to meet buff and um and some other guys in nwo kevin nash who i have a picture of me standing next to kevin nash and i'm six one and i'm looking up at him um yeah and I know john may appreciate him because he played basketball at university of tennessee for a bit did you know that john i did not yeah that's awesome Yep, I'm not even trying to put this back up there now. You can just kind of easy, big daddy. Cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I I remember the I had the toy of the WCW belt behind you, and I remember uh, I used to just scratch it off and try to rewrite the name of where <laughs> the name was at the time, but it didn't work out as well. I started putting tape over it, and it was very Harlan. It ended up looking like the hardcore title that was taped together. Yeah. 
so when y'all first started watching wrestling, um, you know, either one of you can answer this first. What was it that just hooked you in? You know what I'm saying? Was the action, the stories, you know, a combination of a lot of things? For me, it wasn't the stories. I mean, I kept up with them a little bit, but I just wanted to see people go crazy and just fight each other. Uh, some of the, I mean, just getting, jumping off the top rope has always been something that's just awesome for me. And then getting to see that live at AEW, yeah. I mean, I felt like kid John again. That was awesome. Well, he almost landed on you. So. Yeah. I, think, I think the whole world could tell how excited, literally the whole world <laughs> yeah. could tell how yeah. excited John was because he's like, yes, I remember like watching the ladder matches and like hell in a cell. I mean, just like give me hardcore violent fights. That's what I like to see. That that might be a crazy answer, but I just like oh. watching men punish each other and themselves. See, as a kid, I remember watching like He-Man, G.I. Joe, and you always had like this good versus evil thing ongoing yeah. all the time. And then I turn on and Ric Flair's pretending to be the black scorpion, a magician trying to get <laughs> over on Sting, and I'm like, good versus evil. This is familiar to me. And they're also jumping off ropes and hitting each other with chairs and and stuff like that. So I think the good versus evil thing was what, what kind of drew me in and really taking a side of, no, there's no way Ric Flair can win again. He's the bad guy. So, but it, it, he ended up being my favorite ever. So I came around and realized that the heels are the more fun part. Yeah. Then you would probably like Ted, the hillbilly hill, his podcast. Cause well, he's all what, about I mean, the hills. you introduced yourselves as stunning Steve and we got hillbilly hit. Like <laughs> I think we just need some wrestling nicknames. I need, some, I need a wrestling name, man. I tried to think of one in the fly, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I feel like I need more time to marinate on that. Well, John's about my size, so we can call him like giant John. I like that. Who, who are the guys that always come out in the first part of the AEW matches, Jamie? Yeah, I, they're, <laughs> they're a tag team. I, the workmen, maybe. They come out and they usually do dark matches at AEW. The workman or the, is it the workman? I don't know. It's not the horseman. I was thinking it was the, yeah. I don't anyway, know. so one of them is like, one of them, honest to goodness, looks just like John. He's bigger, <laughs> but like, but he still does like moonsaults and stuff like that. So yeah, I need to, the work horseman. That's work both. Horseman, it's yeah. the work horseman. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, so they're they're usually on AEW Dark, but and and usually they come back out later security guards. But uh, but yeah, he looks just like John, and I think if John was a wrestler, he would be that guy. I don't remember, <laughs> he, I don't remember his, his actual name. Yeah, see his face; he's kind of a grin, like yeah. He he is one of my favorites because he doesn't look like your steroid using. He looks just like he put on a leotard or whatever after a barbecue and wants to pound somebody and i love it he he looks yeah. like he could pro should probably wear a t-shirt like kevin owens but he doesn't I, you he know knows. what and kevin owens was actually i was going to say because he's he's kind of an everyman right now he's yeah. actually one of my favorites i do too when when i first got back into it with my kids they were big like randy orton fans ray mysterio who somehow he's still yeah he's still kicking but uh it was to me immediately i was like that guy is it. That guy is like, I got the Kevin Owens show t-shirt and the Kevin Owens show. He's super Canadian. It's great. Yeah. And now since I've gone back and watched some of his work with Chris Jericho, cause that's when I wasn't watching. Yeah. But that was good stuff. Yep. Um, in fact, I heard Jericho, uh, he was talking not too long ago about why he eventually left WWE and it was because of 
that particular story you had going with with KO, and they were primed. I mean, they were going to be doing something at WrestleMania, yeah. and all of a sudden they pulled it out from under them. And so he's like, "Deuces, I'm out." Yep, I you saw know, that and, too. That's super yep. interesting. The politics of all of it is always fascinating to me because, yeah, I mean, even going back to when NWO came over to WCW when Scott Hall showed up, I'm like, this is not okay. Like, what are we, <laughs> what are we doing? Because he's like taking over from the announcers and calling out the owner. That was stuff that people weren't doing yet at that time. And like, I know people had gone back and forth, but it was still different. He was a different kind of character. I wasn't okay with it, but it was wonderful for a while. Um, and speaking of Jericho, and I know a lot of people are going to be asking, how did that happen to where all of a sudden uh, he was on your podcast and then you were on his, and of course that's where I found out about you, and, and then I could hear the accents. I'm going, they're from Kentucky somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it made me go, I got to listen to it. You know, of course, then the subject matter, obviously, you know, kept me hooked, and then um, – and then I, I remember I talked to you first, Jamie, through um, mm-hmm. Twitter Messenger. And then I ended up being on Bless Their Hearts for an episode. And then yep. I wrote a couple of the episodes for True Crime Cast, which, by the way, I do have some more ideas for that. I'm just want to oh, yeah. throw that out there. Uh, we just appreciate a matter of that. I can always use the help. Uh, it's just a matter of finding the time to be able to sit down and oh, yeah. get it. Um, but how did that happen, you know, to where y'all ended up being friends with uh, Jericho? So I remember exactly where I was. Um, I was at a baseball tournament in Stanford, Kentucky, watching my now nine-year-old play baseball. In between games, I just walked around listening to podcasts. And I listened to Talk as Jericho, where he talked about Rob Chalk, a guy that he grew up with. The serial killer. It was a serial killer. Yeah. So I got on Chris's website, and I was like, uh, I got nothing else to do. I'm waiting two more hours for this baseball game to start. And I just submitted like the web form on his website and said, Hey, Chris, I do this. Um, I do this crime podcast. We would love to have you on to talk about Rob Chalk. We're going to do an episode about it. Of course, at that time, I had no plans. I just learned about it. But, but that's what I said. He emailed me back within 10 minutes. And the email address, of course, it said his, it said Chris Irvin. Yeah. And, and in my mind, I was like, is this can't like this isn't. And then the webmaster emailed me and said, Hey, I'll forward this to Chris. And I said, Actually, I just got this email. Is this him? He was like, oh, Okay, that's that's him. Go ahead and email him back. And then at that point, I just started texting John and Nate. And I was like, guys, I don't I don't know how to handle this, but I actually am communicating with Chris. So so he basically said, Yes, I'll come on your podcast to talk about Rob which is still fascinating story to me that right. he talks about being at a sleepover and waking up and that guy staring at him, like gives me chills. Mm. He was like, but if I'm going to do that, you have to come on mine. So we came up with a topic. I don't even remember what the first one was. Cause it was all kind of a whirlwind and I was so nervous. Oddly enough. I think I know the first one y'all did with him. I think it was Nathaniel Barjona. It was the killed the cookbook killer the cookbook killer. Yeah. Because I've learned so much. I, I knew about that case. Listen to that one. There was some, I mean, I knew the guy was sick. I didn't realize how sick he was until I heard y'all. So when, when Chris said, you need to come on my show, I wrote back and I pitched him. I was like, Hey, I can talk about Smoky Mountain wrestling. We can talk about this, that, this, that. And he went back and looked through our catalog and he was like, how about this cookbook guy? Tell me more about that. So we went on then. And then, um, I remember that day, obviously John's told the story before, I think publicly that I was literally laying in the floor about to vomit. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know when I was a kid, for some reason, I just, I mean, he's a great guy, but I wasn't a huge Jericho fan. 
uh, but Jamie was. Jamie was a huge Jericho fan. So we're we're getting the record. I'm not super nervous for some reason. I'm just chill. All right, we're going to interview Chris Jericho. Cool, no big deal. I come in the office to record, and Jamie is laying in the floor in the fetal position, and I'm like, dude, you got to pull it together. Like I, so he tried to equivalent John would be like if you're about to interview Peyton Manic, you know, yeah, that's what this is to me. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. You're a legit fan, so yeah. So I was worried, A, that we were going to screw it up because it was obviously a big opportunity. It's really helped our show. Or B, I was worried we were getting catfished. And I had already told a bunch of people I was interviewing Chris Jericho. Uh, So that did go well. Apparently, he got good feedback. So we've been back on, I think, four more times. And we've got another one we're working on right now with him. So it's just been cool. And I've tried to maintain my composure. I think I've texted him about wrestling once. When uh, he had a match where um, Claudio Castagnoli, I almost called him Cesaro, yeah, did the he did the uh, swing on him on top of the cage, and yeah, they were there was like oh. a cage match. It was just on dynamite, and he did the All swing right. to Jericho on top of a cage, and I texted him, and then Sammy got thrown. Sammy Guevara got thrown off of the cage. Like it was a great match. I was like, look, I'm I'm trying to keep our relationship <laughs> professional. But that match was incredible, and he he was super kind, of course. He, I mean, it. I don't know. I think we've become almost friends. I mean, yeah. we chat about other stuff, like when Bob Saget passed away, um, or whatever. I don't, I don't know if you want to say passed away or potentially murdered. I don't know. <laughs> but but Jericho texted Jamie and was like, "We got to figure out what happened to Saget. Like this is too crazy." Yeah, I don't know if I've ever talked about that. But like, he was fired up. Like he was certain somebody murdered Bob Saget. Now, I mean, looking even looking back now, I'm like, oh, it's it's there's some sketchy stuff. Like the the damage in his brain was probably more than just falling down or whatever. But hmm. but Chris was fired. Like for days, he was texting me, and I was like, hey, John, um, Chris Jericho keeps texting me because he thinks somebody murdered Bob Saget, and I feel like that's a dr- like. Who would have ever thought that sentence would happen? Like, like if, if you could go back in time and tell 13-year-old Jamie, yeah. one day Chris Jericho is going to text you about Bob Saget's murder. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a whole thing. Wild. Yeah. So John set up, we went to AEW in Cincinnati around my 40th birthday, and we had never met him in person, just over Zoom or whatever. So John texted and surprised me with getting to go backstage after the show and meet him, which was uh, which was really awesome. And you he's, know, I'm turning 40 in a, in a little bit. So I'm, yeah, you've got some, I'll see if I can find Peyton Manning. Um, <laughs> but I'll settle for T Martin or Hinden hooker at this point. Oh, Hinden hooker. That's a good one. Yeah. I'm excited for hooker lane to happen down in, yeah. down in Knoxville, but no, it's, it's been awesome. We continue to work with him. And I mean, usually if, if we have an idea, I'll send it to him. But a lot of times, I just, I I don't understand where his time or energy comes from because he's got his band, he wrestles, he he puts together this cruise, which I'd love to yeah. get on next time, just throwing that out there. Um, But, and he'll just randomly text me. He's like, hey, I watched this documentary last night. Can you put together an episode? I'm like, all right, well, give me a couple of weeks. So it's just random that he's always thinking about the next thing. And I don't know where he gets that. Like his motor is just different, I guess. Had a chance to interview his son on our show. um, And that was awesome. Uh, I mean, not only does he have all those things business wise, but 
uh, got to interview Ash and hear a little bit of just, you know, he's a dad too, just like yeah. us. So, um, yeah, that was a guy. bonus episode of True Crime Cast because Ash writes about paranormal stuff for Chris Jericho's website, and okay. he's a he's a college freshman. Um, but we talked about Skinwalker Ranch, and it was a. It was I did a, listen to that. Well, I've listened to all of them actually. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. So that so that was cool, and through that, found out some some other family similarities, and John texts him regularly about family stuff. So. Yeah, a lot going on, but it's yeah. been uh, it's been a lot of fun. Provided us with some opportunities I never expected, and um, I mean, just the fact that I get to talk to him every now and then is cool. And you were recently, uh, well, actually, I think you were you filmed this back in probably August, but the thing for Court TV because I, that's actually apparently is coming on like here in about half an hour. It, it is. I'm not. <laughs> I don't think I'm on tonight's episode. So okay. Um. Yeah, so Court TV, uh, we got an email one day, and a lady was like, hey, I'm doing the show for Court TV about this particular case, and I noticed you guys covered it. Would you be interested in talking about being on our show? So it was very much a long, drawn-out, like, I had to, John was unavailable the week they were filming, so I interviewed with, like, three other different producers to talk about the case, and then they had some people drop out, and they were like, well, what about this case and while you're going to be there can we talk about that so i ended up like i'm going to be on four episodes just because they needed people to fill in um which was awesome and it was a i i talked more about that experience on a bless their hearts episode but that's someone they knew with tamron hall so it's it's straight up true crime um and i think there are 20 episodes and this is going to be season two season one was successful so they moved it kind of into prime time so it's like you said coming on at like 8 30 or 9 on sunday nights um but yeah i think i'm on episode four and six and then they haven't released the topics after that but i should be on two more it was a super cool experience and hopefully again that will give us a little more exposure and i don't know if i think the reason i remember when it was is because this is when i was uh, driving down taking my daughter down to orlando yeah and so i know john i think you were in saint augustine I, I was going to say, I remember I was out of town, but I don't remember where, but yes, that would have been when yeah. I was on fam- my family vacation. Yeah. Cause we we're coming back. We actually stopped at St. Augustine on the way back and I was going, I wonder if John's still here. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> and then we were going to hook up like on a, on a weekday at Bucky's. Oh Bucky's, yeah. And yeah. I got <laughs> called into a meeting. And yeah. Yep. And, and I don't know. I was going to hook up with one of y'all at Bucky's on the way down, but something happened. And then coming back up, I was going to hook up with the other one on the way back up at, and something happened again. I was like, yeah, well, maybe one day I'll have him on the podcast and here it is. Well, here we go. Yeah. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we meet, we make a Bucky's this week. I'll go to Bucky's yeah. whenever I'll go to Bucky's whenever big fan. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I don't think I had ever heard of Bucky's before I heard y'all talk about it on your show. And well, they, they started building it. So that's when I started doing my research. Yeah. Like 200 gas pumps. Yeah. Like a, it's like the Walmart of gas stations inside everything and, and if anybody thinks he's exaggerating no it literally is about 200 gas bombs yes yeah yeah <laughs> that uh, i was amazed at that and when we went um, my son had just broken his ankle like a week before and so you know we were going along he had the little scooter he had one leg up on it he was just miserable yep. i mean he just was not having a good time we even went to universal when we first got to orlando and people are jerks i'll just say it like that you oh know, yeah pushing you know i was like how are you gonna push an 11 year old kid out of the way he's you could see he's on the scooter 
you know, because he has a, a broken ankle from a another kind of scooter accident. Right. And we're we're trying to keep him away from scooters, you know. As you should. Sounds like yeah, you should. yeah. yeah people are, that's unfortunate. I hate to hear that. Yeah, you know. So, um, now do you still catch grief from people who aren't fans of wrestling? Because this is one of, one of the reasons why I started this um, series is because somebody and I actually spoke to her recently. It was actually somebody at my church. She found out I was a wrestling fan, and she said, "You have a master's degree. How are you a wrestling fan?" I'm like you'd be surprised the number of wrestlers who have master's degrees. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we interviewed somebody recently. He's a PhD candidate. Yeah. Big yep. wrestling fan. Um, but do you still catch grief from people who aren't fans? I don't, I wonder if I do behind my back. Like, <laughs> so I just started a new job a few months ago and I left early to go to, to AEW dynamite. And I think I told like two people where I was going. So it's almost like I expect it to happen. Um, I, I don't think people give me grief to my face, but I always worry about that kind of judgment because people do view it as that they view it as a, almost like an ignorant hobby um, where, I mean, and then they go and they watch their reality shows or they watch their scripted shows that are, not as well written or creative and there's not as much talent as there is on raw but they think because mine involves people hitting each other then it's worse when in reality it's everything yours is plus athleticism world-class athleticism most of the time the older i get the more i really understand the importance of embracing those moments that make you feel like a kid again never giving up your imagination um living in the moment, letting everything just take you by surprise. And, and that's wrestling. I mean, yeah. Um, so if people think it's silly that I watch it or that I'm into it, no, I really don't care what they have to say. It's something I enjoy. And I mean, it, you saw the joy on my face in that picture yes. it me joy. So, um, and just so everybody can hear it, uh, what are your educational backgrounds? So we know, yeah, I have a bachelor's degree in mathematics and a master's degree in human services. I have two bachelors. I have one in social work and one in religion. And my day job is being a data analyst. John's a supervisor for social work in the state of Kentucky, oversees all kinds of adoptions and stuff, and um, do podcasting kind of as a, a fun hobby that... Yeah. And we're both uh, announcers for local yeah. radio station too. Yeah, we do local sports broadcasts, right. we UMC events, and do stuff like that. But I know we're uh, we're educated guys that still like a good elbow drop every now and then. <laughs> uh, John, you have a math degree. Weren't you the one talking about the fifty-one yard line? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he has a math degree. I was the one talking about the fifty-one oh. yard line. Yeah. I, so another problem that I have, Steve, is I get in the moment and I just say <laughs> stupid stuff. Yeah, but we were calling a game on TV and uh, there, there was a huge play. I mean, I was just so excited. I was like, he gets it to the 51-yard line. And I see Jamie just kind of turn and look at me. I'm like, what? He's like, correction, that's the 49-yard line. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But, well, what people don't see is John hitting me. Anytime there's a big play, <laughs> he just starts punching my shoulder and screaming. And I'm just like, okay, okay, just you can talk. I don't care. Just stop hitting me. Next next season, he's asked for a partition between <laughs> us, so I can't physically hit him anymore. Yeah, we but get into it. I'm a little, I get excited. I'm a pretty competitive guy. Yeah. 
and didn't you have a slap bet at one time? Oh man, we got to bring that up. Yeah, we did. Uh, I think on bless their hearts, we were just randomly talking about our favorite ice cream flavors. So that's the kind of content you're going to get there. But I was confident that more people would enjoy strawberry ice cream. And Jamie was like, no man, more people like vanilla. So for years we've talked about doing a slap bet, but in the moment he's like, let's slap bet on it. And I was confident that strawberry was going to come out victorious, but vanilla one so for two or three years jamie had this slap bet hanging over my head and the only like i couldn't know when it was happening and he got me i'll let him tell you how he got me yeah to be clear john and i have actually like i've challenged him to wrestle me because i thought yeah he's big and strong but i'm probably quicker not so much john's quicker than me and faster and stronger and uh he's beaten me up several times so i knew the slap had to be in a way i could get away so on my birthday, like three years after we made the bet, I arranged a way for us to be in front of one of my security cameras at my house so I could document it. And then I uh, asked him to come and look at a dent in my truck. And when he approached me, I slapped him and ran away as fast he as I He took could. advantage of my, like, I'm always willing to help him fix things. And he <laughs> took advantage of it. So I, I haven't fixed anything at your house in like two years. Yeah. Well worth it. I'll <laughs> slap you again if, <laughs> if it'll help. And for everybody listening, this is the content that you'll get. This is why I listen to their show yeah. every single week. I have not missed one, honestly, since I first started listening to, uh, well, I say both shows, really all three, your normal tr- true crime cast, Bless Our Hearts, and then uh, the Truth Crime to Go. That really started during um, during quarantine because people, I, I got to thinking, you know what? People have these meetings all day. People are on Zoom all the time. Some people can't listen to background uh, noise or information as they work but if somebody has 10 minutes between zoom calls they can just play one of these smaller episodes and uh debated for a long time about whether to make it its own show or put it on the true crime cast feed and ended up putting it on there but uh that's been a lot of fun because we get to cover cases that don't have enough material for a full episode we get to carry cases that are a little more lighthearted. so so that's always a lot of fun uh so um so what are your thoughts about today's wrestling product compared to when you first started watching it back when you were kids? So I literally was just paused elimination chamber as I was walking out of my house to come over here. Um, and honestly, it's, it's good. Like I've this, uh, the bloodline storyline in WWE, in my opinion, has been one of the best ones in the last. Oh, I agree. Okay. It's been phenomenal. So, so that's been great. That's been great writing. I kind of feel like the problem is it's very top heavy. If you're not one of the four or five biggest stars, then you're not getting the good storylines. I feel like even back when, when I was a kid, Ted DiBiase, like the million dollar man always had awesome storylines. He wasn't very often in the world title picture, but he was like, I remember those storylines. I remember tons of matches between doom and the Steiner brothers and all that. And I, and there is an element to that, I guess with the, like the Usos and the new day and that kind of thing. But I feel like there were more, there was more effort throughout the card in the stories. And now the, like that athleticism is off the charts compared to when we were growing up. Like the athletes are so much more physically talented. Um, well, not, not, not to dismiss the, the other athletes, but there are people who wrestled in the eighties that I don't know that they would, 
that they would main event now, but um, yeah, I just think the 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 attention to detail on the mid card stories used to be so much stronger. Maybe that's just because I cared more and I didn't know that it was scripted, but now I just feel like that's that's missing. But otherwise, I feel like I feel like it's strong. I feel like people that say that it sucks now just probably don't watch it. To be honest, yeah, John. Yeah, I mean. In, in full disclosure, I don't watch it as regularly as Jamie does. I, I keep up with like some of the big ones, like you were saying, but I mean, I still, when I go and when I watch it, I still love it. I mean, it's still wrestling. Um, I'm a pretty nostalgic guy, so I don't think I'm ever going to be as captivated as I was when I was back in high school and, and I was religiously tuning in and knew every part of the storyline. It's, it's certainly changed over the years, but it's still good and there's also the piece of who it appealed to because you you've talked about stone cold that was dx that was um what was that era called the attitude era of wwe that was like rated pg very 13 like that was and now it's very much especially wwe's rated g most of the time um aw's maybe a little bit more uh let's say mature but I think the audience focus has changed, which has changed the audience demographics a little bit. So maybe that's changed to some too, but I like the edgier stuff, but I totally get changing it to make it more accessible for younger kids. Cause I don't know if I would have let my nine-year-old rock a DX t-shirt back in the day or (laughs) let him know what those magic two words were, but I know I loved, (laughs) like I still, I have that theme song. I coach a baseball team. And I have a playlist for practice, and it's mostly wrestling theme songs. And DX's <laughs> song is on there; it's great. Was it kind of kind of metal leaning towards uh, as far as a musical genre? Or oh yeah, a lot of ACDC, a lot of Metallica, Guns N' Roses. That's I don't know. Like, and anywhere we go, if we're like covering football games, occasionally there's newer stuff, but I feel like it always goes back to that '80s and '90s rock that we listened to when we played high school sports. It's it's uh withstood the t- the test of time, I think. I could listen to Welcome to the Jungle and run through any wall you put in yes, front of me. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that plays everywhere. That yeah. I mean, now we have uh Walk a Flock of Flame, but ever besides that, everything is Is that it's a party? It's a yeah, <laughs> Grove Street party. Yeah, I'm not so I'm not sure if I know Walk a Walk a Flock of Flame. <laughs> I didn't know it. It's it plays everywhere in Kentucky for sporting events, but it always uh, goes back to uh, it, ACDC. It got really. It's Kentucky University of Kentucky football's song they play at kickoff. Gotcha. Anytime they kick off, so that's how it's gotten kind of, I think, big around here. Okay, I figured I hear a lot of Seven Nation Army. Yeah, you always hear that song. Yeah, my uh, yeah. When whenever I turn the playlist over to my son, that that gets added to the playlist, and I like it. It's good. Um, it's a solid, it's a, it's a solid motivator, I think too. Yeah. I play bass at my church and sometimes I'll just not, not during the service, you know, but when we're just in there warming up, I'll start playing that a little bit, you know, I love that. I've been to some churches that'll play like a secular song every now and then that kind of rocks. And I'm like, I get into that. Like, let's not stray too far. Like maybe it's got some application, but I, I like the, I like the energy. And Correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't y'all both um, youth ministers at your church? Uh, yeah, we're both um, 
I, I wouldn't say youth ministers. We both work in the youth group um, okay. as, as chaperones, and then we teach Sunday school, high school Sunday school together as well. Yeah, we're we're pretty involved in the in the youth group from week to week. I've chaperoned youth group groups uh, before, and yeah, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> Early, it's 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 wild. Uh, we don't do this in our youth group now. I don't think our youth minister would put up with the shenanigans. But um, I was a youth minister back home in Jellico, Tennessee, and we had some 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 rough redneck boys, and they would show up an hour before church only to wrestle me and a few other of the the chaperones. So we would have, I mean, it, if you drove by, you would think, God almighty, they're brawling in the church, first Baptist church, <laughs> yard. but, but we, I mean, it was just fun. Like we would get out there and we would just wrestle for an hour before church and just have the best time. And then it spilled over into church camp. Like I remember one time we went to church camp and we had the belt. And if you wanted the belt, you had to come take it from us. And so we would wrestle uh, in our free time at, at church camp too, like different churches. And, That's awesome. Uh, we're the undefeated champions of the. I bet you are. <laughs> John always, John and I have been to two wrestling events together now, but he always tells me, I feel like if somebody's going to wear a real belt around, they better be ready to defend it. Yeah. You see a lot yeah. of belts in see, uh, Yeah, I agree. And so one, we were walking out of the one in Cincinnati. Yeah. And, uh, Jamie, Jamie was walking beside me and there was this guy, dude, I, I mean, I've seen giants before. He was like. huge. He had to be every bit of six foot seven, like 350 pounds of just pure steel muscle. Hmm. And, and I'm aggro. I'm, I, I don't care to talk to anybody. So I'm like, Hey dude, my buddy said he could take your belt from you. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at Jamie and he knew I was joking. So yeah. I went we had to as fast as I could, but yeah, I, I agree with that. Like church camp or at an event, if you're not going to defend it, don't carry it. Like you know, the I did, seven title. I mean, I did this, that on Halloween because I walked around with this belt. Yeah. Mask. Uh, I have a couple masks also. Um, Oh yeah. Yep. Um, this mask right here, actually, I was wearing that and carrying the belt around on Halloween while wearing the, the hoodie. I, think I saw a picture of that. That's awesome. Yep. Yep. It was my profile yeah. picture for a bit. You know, but I was like, basically, if anybody wants to challenge me, yeah, you know, let's, come on, let's get it. I'm yeah. good yep. for a minute nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I have I, to carry a chair with me too to make sure I can I can hang. Yeah. So if I'm ever able to come down to actually, you know, whenever we do meet at Bucky's, because I know it's going to happen, so I'll bring the belt. I'll bring, I'll bring both belts. <laughs> so. do. All I've got, my sons have asked for belts for for. So I've got the uh, WWE belt, and then I have the red. And the blue universal titles. Well, okay. I say I, my kids have them, but I mean, <laughs> I'll take them when I want them. But I don't have, I would love to have one of those older belts or like the old um, United States Championship, like when Lex Luger had it. Like, I would love to have one of those. Uh, the one I'm wanting next, that honestly is the Mid Atlantic title. Oh, um, yeah. The one that had like all the, you could see the states on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one that Avalanche Buzz Tyler, he, he had a disagreement with Dusty Rhodes, and so he left, and he took the belt with him. And so they had to make a new belt. And then he showed up later on on a, on a car lot commercial because in, from South Carolina. Cause we could get channels from South Carolina because I remember seeing him going, that's Buzz Tyler, and he's got the belt, and they just referred to him as the Mid-Atlantic champion. So That's but, awesome. <laughs> and I wish I could find the video of that commercial. Yeah, um, that's a great story. Yeah, so, I, I'm familiar with the belt, but I don't remember that story. Uh, but – 
Uh, so you might you can might try to make it up to Chillicothe. It's on the 11th of March. Okay, that's not a bad idea. I'd I'd be down for that. I'll look and see who else is going to come. Uh, we went to Comic Con in Lexington last year for the first time, and there were some like Jerry Lawler was there and some other folks. Um, uh, I, we didn't really go for that, but I I love just going around seeing people. Like even if I don't stand in line to get an autograph or whatever, just being like, oh, Jerry Lawler, who I know just is recovering from a stroke, but yeah. even at the time, like he looked young. Like I'm, I feel like there's some Botox involved, but he looked good last year when we saw him in Lexington. Um, Jerry Lawler, he actually, he's had two strokes and a heart attack, but he's actually a teetotaler. He does not drink. He doesn't smoke. I mean, he, yeah. he takes really good care of himself and yet he still has these health issues. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of makes you wonder, what do you think, John? <laughs> I mean, I I live the way I live, and I'll deal with the consequences <laughs> later. <laughs> I loved him on. I, I'm a big fan of Dark Side of the Ring, and they did the Territory series. Have you watched that? I've watched some of them. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. The Jerry Lawler one, uh, and he tells the whole Andy Kaufman story like really well. And I was I was a huge fan of that. I have another story that I completely forgotten about. I think I've told John this before. Um. 2010 i was covering the lexington legends so a single a baseball team in lexington for a particular game the mouth of the south jimmy hart was going to be at the game i have no idea why and i hadn't been to a baseball game all year but i had credentials i wrote about it but i just didn't go to a lot of games i contacted them immediately and said i need a one-on-one interview with jimmy hart and they scheduled it i had Saturday, be here, 10 a.m., you and Jimmy sit down. And at this point, like, I hadn't gotten into media. I Like, this was was huge for me. On Thursday, my appendix ruptured. Oh. And I had to have surgery, and I missed getting to meet and interview Jimmy Hart because of my appendix. <laughs> and I will never forgive my body for that. <laughs> uh, I mean, if it makes me feel any better, I actually got to meet him a few months ago, got my picture taken with him. That makes me feel worse, Steve. Yeah. Um, yeah. Glad you brought it up, but yeah, you know, uh, like a we, shot in the appendix. Did he have the <laughs> megaphone? I got it. He know. did. He actually made me hold it. <laughs> oh yeah, man, that's awesome. Like that would have been, that would have been so much fun. I wish I could go back and just power through it. Be like, it's okay, gangrene. Oh, it'll wait. I don't know. Be like Dwight Schrute <laughs> <laughs> with his appendix ruptured, still there. In the oh yeah, trying to get the trying to get the promotion. We call those the lost years of the office. <laughs> Yeah, because I met Jimmy Hart and Lance Archer both. Um, they were at a, a high school gym in Williamsburg, Ohio, about 10 minutes away from where I live. See, that's another guy. I feel like he could be a main eventer. Like, he's just, yeah. he's a beast. He's a big dude. Uh, super nice guy, too, thankfully, because I don't think you want somebody that big. You don't want them to be mean. No, yeah, especially not mad at me. But, yeah, it's I've been really impressed by him every time I've seen him. He's had some uh, some good really short-lived storylines in AEW, but I haven't seen him much otherwise. So uh, I don't have any more questions. Do you have any last words? Anything you want to say to anybody? Who was uh, the match that, that we talked about the picture from? Who? What match was that? Because yeah. I know it was a very significant, um, powerful moment in the AEW community. Yes, that was... Um, but okay, now my Alzheimer's is kicking in. My brain is yeah. Just that the the week bef- leading up to that, Jay Briscoe, who was one of the Briscoes in Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, died in a car accident. So yep. 
that night was set aside to honor him. And his brother, Mark wrestled Jay lethal in the main event. That's who it was. Yep. Yep. And I tell you like Steve, of course we're, we're all there for fun or whatever. When Jay lethal come out, he's, he's literally weeping in the ring. Like he had been, he was good friends with the Briscoes. His brother comes like, yes, I get emotionally engaged and excited about the matches, but that was heavy. That was a heavy moment there. But during the match, we were sitting right by the bell table, like literally right beside, like I asked them if I could ring the bell and they wouldn't let me, (laughs) but he puts Jay lethal on the table right beside John jumps off the top rope. And as he's coming down, you can see John underneath him, like holding his arms up cheering. And then we mentioned Nate Metz earlier. Nate's beside John looking at his phone. Yep. He says he was trying to take a picture. I, I think he was just, it's, it's an iconic photo. I mean, it is one, I mean, and it's not because I'm in it, but it's just, it it, it captures the moment of this man who lost his brother. He's out there doing this uh, in honor of him. And I don't know the, I'm sorry, I'm going deep and I'm not trying to be like, it's a good metaphor of life. Like I'm, I'm living in the moment, having the time of my life. And then there's everybody else around me. You're not Jamie, but everybody else is on their phone. And like trying to record it, like, I don't know, you only get this like one time. And so enjoy it, take it in. Don't, don't spend it looking at your phone or trying to capture a moment in a picture. Just, just live it. You know, I was and, grabbing our kids and I saw it coming <laughs> and I started shoving all them toward the table. I was like, yo, I gotta see this. And then I ended up behind the cameraman, but yeah, it, but just such a cool, I, I've been to Neyland stadium when Tennessee's come back and beat Florida. And those are incredible moments that I'll never forget. But for whatever reason, that wrestling moment and that match in particular was something I'll never forget. And I'm pretty sure table shrapnel like bounced up and hit John. Like, yeah, I, I can't tell you how you, close he was. Yeah. I mean, if you have any splinters from that. Yeah. I, I examined the table and when I was a kid, I always thought, yeah, they probably had to, they've cut the metal and, and they've, they put sl- like cuts in the wood. No. Like the metal frame was still very much intact. Like dude went through a table. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. It was great. And then all the, uh, they finished the match in a, a very emotional way. And then the whole locker room came out on the stage and just, I don't know, it was super, super heavy. And that was the end of dynamite. And that night they, which they usually do this, they recorded rampage right after. Right. So we had to go from like the super emotional time to, we're excited to start a new hour of wrestling. So everybody, I think everybody's pretty drained by the time we got the a rampage left yeah. before rampage. Yeah. Cause I mean, they obviously that was the climax of the night. Yeah. That was a great show. I, I, I didn't post this online. Um, but I got an argument with Jeff Jarrett, which was a lot of fun. Um, and it was, it was totally like in care. I like, right. he kept getting out of the ring. I was like, get back in the ring. Grandpa. He was like, I got your grandpa right here, boy. But we were going back and forth. That made me very happy. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the guys in character go by and just say hateful stuff to us, but then give us the wink. Like yeah. when, uh, there was a moment where somebody came out of the, the ring that night in Lexington or came off stage and just pushed one of the security guards that setting at the bell table. And like, I don't know. I was like, is this real? Like, did this really <laughs> just happen? And he's laying there going, and then when the camera moves, he's like, I'm good, I'm good. Because <laughs> we were all like, this wasn't planned. Like, yeah. the guy's hurt. Like, I saw him hit his head. Because we saw a guy get hurt when we were meeting Jericho. 
Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was the night that uh, Hangman Page got a concussion, and they, like, he was unconscious in the ring, and they had to scramble to finish the last ten minutes of the show because they didn't have that planned. It was it was wild. So y'all have been at two very significant AEW events. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. Um, and I yeah, I can't wait to go again. It's always a blast. Yeah, because I know when y'all are at the one in Cincinnati, you actually messaged me and said, "Steve, are you here?" And I'm like. No, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, I wasn't trying was, to rub it in, but I just uh, thought, hey, we're, we're close to I Mount Orange. Oh, I know. I, would, I, yeah. I wanted to go, but it was during um, our budget season at work. And yeah. there was during that time period, I worked about 200 hours in three weeks. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. And Not a good time. Yeah. And it could have been more, except for I actually took a sick day in that because just from pure exhaustion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, nope, couldn't make it. And then I found that you met Jericho and I'm like telling Dwayland, I'm like, I could have possibly met Chris Jericho that night, you know, because if you're right there with him, I'm like, you know, I was going to meet up. There was. Yeah. So I was like, but nope, I had to work. So, and y'all know where I work. I'm not not going to say our work, but go ahead. (laughs) There was a guy that uh, was sitting down and I I walked past him. I was like, holy crap, I work with this guy. So I was like, Tyler, what's up? And I, and I was like, dude, stay after the match for just a minute. And I'll let you meet Jericho. And he's been a Jericho fan forever too. So. It was a cool moment for him just being there by surprise. I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna lie. I was a little salty because I was like, <laughs> I've worked hard to get to meet Chris, yeah, and, and this dude just rolls into it on it by accident. It didn't seem fair. I, I did threaten him though. I was like, if you say anything stupid <laughs> you or do or you mess this up for me, I will never forgive you for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, the next time they have an AEW event in Cincinnati, you know, even if we are doing, I'll just tell them, look, I'm, I quit. I'm putting my two weeks <laughs> right now so I can go. Worth you it. Know. So worth it. They're uh it's a lot of fun. I mean uh Raw I've been to a Raw and a SmackDown in the last five years too. Like it's all it's all great, but those are a lot of fun. Um the last Raw we went to was in Columbus five years ago or so. It was the night that Big Show and uh, Braun Strowman broke the ring. Oh, that's awesome. I would have loved to have been there for that. Yep. yep. I met so, the guy who makes rings the other day. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, John was making friends with all the staff people around the ring. I was just like, dude. Get us, get us, like, get us jobs building rings. Let's do that. Well, but I say with, with both of your personalities, now you really talk with you because the only other time we've talked was back, I still remember the day, it was my birthday in 2021. We had about maybe a half hour conversation, 45 minutes, and now it's been even longer. So uh, with your personalities, I can definitely see how y'all make friends easily. And I can see why both your podcasts are, you know, been very successful. Well, I appreciated that. I just can't believe I actually talked Jamie into doing it. <laughs> yeah, it took a it took it took a long time, but the timing worked out. I think. No, we really appreciate that, Steve. And uh, same to you and your your show. Love seeing people do. Um, I I don't know. Just using interests and being creative and creating is I don't know. It's exciting for all of us. I think. Oh, and like I tell people, doing podcasts. I mean, it could be kind of you know you can just kind of just talk about whatever you know. Yeah. So. Um, it's really therapeutic almost. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. Unless um, you talk about murder, then it's no, no, yeah, that I, is because I, I don't know. A lot of times we were just dissecting cases sitting at our houses anyway. So may as well throw a microphone out there. Um, except for the ones like, I know the one that I sent to you, but Dean Coral, and you said that you spent a lot of time looking at your phone during it because it was so crazy. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, West Memphis three this week. So a lot of phone watching then. Yeah. 
Uh, I Next know two I've weeks, read... actually. We split that up, so that's a that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I can see splitting that one up because they did a three part miniseries on it. They so, did. yeah, so. But that is all I have. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for coming on. Uh, I've been talking about your show, like I said, ever since I heard it. I've been trying to give it a shout out every week as long as I can. Um, and then we become friends, you know, and you, especially through social media and everything. And then we have common friends already, which I think is really wild. I think, I think actually in John's neck of the woods, I think there's other people. One of my supervisors, he's originally from like the Williamsburg, Jellico area. Um, you know, he lived, he, technically he lived in Williamsburg, but he went to school in Jellico because um, I guess he lived so far away from the school. He, they just registered his grandparents' house in Jellico. So he just went to school there. You know? Wow. That's yeah. right. Tell me his <laughs> name off the air and I'll see if I know him. All right. Uh, I'll do that. But, uh, but until we can talk again, my friends, I just have to say good night and God bless. Bye.